Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? I am good. I'm very excited. I have a special guest on today. If you want to go ahead and say hello and introduce yourself. Hi, I am Carissa Orlando and I am the author of The September House. Yeah, your debut. Are you so excited? Yeah, I am very excited. It's getting... Getting serious. <laughs> yes, it, it might It might actually happen. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I am obsessed with the cover. I have to say, I think it is so perfect. And, and honestly, it's just, it's I'm like looking at it over here, but I think <laughs> they did such a wonderful job with the cover and it really does a great job of like encapsulating everything that goes on in the story, so. I love it, it really it really does I I just made note of who wrote the cover and the name has already escaped me but it's in the the front of the book but they did a fantastic job yeah did it. you have any yes. like input on the cover was that like your kind of final decision or how'd that go I, so essentially what they did is they asked me for preferences and for ideas yeah. and me being completely out of that world I'm like oh. and so I basically sent a pdf of like covers I liked and why I liked them and covers I didn't like and why I didn't like them. And the design team Mm -hmm. somehow took that incredibly unhelpful document and created (laughs) something wonderful. And I was like, I think first look at it, I was like, yep, that's good. That's the one. Okay. All right. Great job. (laughs) I love that. I always like to ask because I'm like, um, is this like your design? Did you kind of, you know, have like a very specific image in mind or did you just let them go for it? So I love it. Yes. If it was my design, it would be like a, a clip art of a house on like a black background. Like it would. Yeah. <laughs> it would no background removed on it. Yeah. Like I would not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know where to begin to make a cover. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So we start all of our interviews normally with a series of questions. So I'll start with those. And my first question is what is your favorite standalone book? Oh, this I, I have a huge recency effect with this. It'll it'll usually be the last book that I read. Although I might actually say Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay. I think that's one that stood. I read that several years ago. And I think it's yeah. like the first kind of like modern horror that I had read in a while that like wasn't Stephen King. I was like, oh, this is, I really like this. I think <laughs> I like a couple of days breeze through the whole thing. Yeah, I love that. This is the first that wasn't Stephen King. That's funny. I love that. That's a really great choice. That's a good one. So second to that, what is your favorite book series? A lot of pressure, I know. I know. And I also, I don't read a lot of series. Yeah, I, I really don't. Because I feel like it would, like the, the series that I've read that stands out to me the most is Harry Potter. And now that's kind of storied because J.K. Rowling is the worst expressing yeah. some opinions <laughs> that are not awesome but that that probably because otherwise I'd have to like go back to to childhood yeah and be like um, oh, like the Hank the cow dog series I don't know oh my gosh <laughs> classic that's iconic I love that <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. I always feel like when people are like, oh, I'm in a reading slump or I don't know what to read. I'm like, read thrillers because they're always standalones. You know what I mean? If it's a mystery, maybe not. But like thrillers, I'm like, that's how you get out of a reading slump because you just got to scare yourself to death and then you'll be fine. And it's just the one book. And that's that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And it's hard. So a big part of of my job, uh, historically, I'm in psychology. And Mm -hmm. so I've been in uh, until the past couple of years, I was in grad school, which involved just an insane amount of reading for not fun. 
And it was really hard when you get done with your yeah. school-related reading or like reading treatment manuals, reading notes and reports to then read something else. Yeah. So I had a kind of work-related reading slump and now I'm finally getting back into it. Yeah. I've had a lot of friends tell me when they go through like grad school and stuff, they're like, I don't like to read. And I'm like, I think you just don't like to read nonfiction papers that you have to read for school. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Dry, (laughs) esoteric, (laughs) just unnecessarily jargony and complicated. It's very, you kind of have to find the joy in it. You have to go digging Yeah, um, as opposed to books, which it's very you know, the joy is there. Yeah. Just right there. I love it. Okay. So my next question is who's your ultimate book boyfriend. So your favorite male character. Oh, that's a hard one. Yeah. Oh man. (laughs) Gosh. I also feel like this is going to be messed up. And I also have like a, a a massive goldfish brain for, for (laughs) books where I forget character names. Totally fair. It can be Draco. I'm, that is permitted. I'm allowing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. I have a weird, I enjoy in a Chuck Palahniuk's book, Choke, the protagonist Hmm. of that, who is one of the most messed up characters I've ever read. We love that. Um, I really enjoyed that character. I I don't think I'd want to know him or interact with him in any capacity, but I genuinely loved that character. And I loved that we, through reading the book, understood that character and their messed up decisions so clearly mm-hmm. that like his bonkers behavior made utter sense and I right I absolutely loved that so that's the closest okay I love closest that. I would come yeah okay so in contrast to that who is your ultimate book girlfriend so your favorite female character mm, that's an excellent question I'm gonna say the book I'm currently reading so I'm a little afraid to go on the limb I'm like halfway through um Stephen <laughs> Stephen Graham Young. See, I don't remember her name. Fine, me either. Uh, my heart is a chainsaw. And Jade, the protagonist in that, I feel like we would be best friends. Okay. I feel like she, it's where she's a teenager, so I wouldn't say girlfriend, but she has a knowledge of horror movies that mm-hmm. I feel like I match. And mm-hmm. she's spending at least the first part of the book looking for someone that knows it as well as she does. I'm like, I could be that person. I'm... I'm not finished it yet. There's a chance that it's going to take a turn. I can see that there could be a turn coming. So anyone listening know that I haven't finished the book. So if I just said something very bad. Yeah, um... still up in the air, but (laughs) right now, big fan. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Awesome. Okay. That's that's very fair. It's really hard. I like to put people on the spot. We'll just start it off with some icebreakers. So (laughs) can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in your writing journey? Yeah, it's I I barely understand how I got started myself. So I mentioned I'm a psychologist by trade. I have a doctor in clinical psychology. And so I wrote when I was a teenager and I was like a big reader when I was a kid. And I when I was like a teen, I I wanted to be an author, but I was pragmatic enough to be like that's not a guaranteed career and I don't I would only ever want to write for myself. I would only ever want to be an author. And so I was like, I should maybe find another profession. So I went the psychology route, which was equally was interesting. And then somehow I ended up being an author anyway. Also in psychology, you write for people that aren't yourself pretty much constantly. So I don't really know what I was thinking there. But <laughs> I saw, I went through grad school. And then as I was finishing up grad school, I was on 
internship was just a full clinical year. But at that point, it's kind of at the end of my training, I had my feet under me pretty solidly. And so it was like the first time I'd had like a straight nine to five since before I started grad school. And that's why I had all of this free time that I had no idea what to do with or how to handle myself. And so I was like, I'll write a book. So I wrote a book and I thought it was pretty good. So uh, queried agents after a very fun year of querying mm-hmm. landed my agents at Folio and then they found the book a home at Berkeley and yeah that is quite the process so I feel like that happened pretty quickly for you then did you do you feel like it happened kind of quick or was it pretty drawn I, out <laughs> I I think kind of compared to other people's journeys mm-hmm. it's pretty quick the year of querying didn't feel quick I I also think that might have been kind of quick and but the, the process from like book deal to publication that's like two years and that just spending that time just being eager for it to get out and Mm -hmm. that time is also I think very confusing to my friends and family because they're like you you have a a book deal it's getting published like when can I read it I'm like 2023 this was back in 2021 and so there was a lot of confusion about why it's like well there's a lot that happens in the process yeah you're like well four to five years from now (laughs) we'll have yeah Yeah, that's perfect. I love it. And it's really cool. I I always love to see like debut when you're like explaining that to your friends and family. You're like, well, you see what happened was it's going to take at least a year. Keep your eye out. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Okay. So can you give us a spoiler free overview of September House and what it's about? Yeah. So September House follows uh, my protagonist, Margaret Hartman, who just so happens to have bought her dream home which is an incredibly haunted house like any way that a house could be haunted this house is haunted and so she and her husband Hal move into this house and most people would run away but Margaret decides that she is going to stick it out and she's going to figure out a way to make it work and so she finds a way to make it work through these kind of carefully constructed very important rules that she has to follow. And so we joined Margaret like four years into it when she is, she's got this figured out, but her Al is a little bit less on board with just the sticking it out. And so he, he pieces out, he, he just leaves. And so when we join, he's, he's kind of already pieced out and their adult daughter, Catherine um, comes to visit the house to see what's up with her father, like where, where he's gone. And Catherine does not know that the house is haunted. So Margaret is tasked with both kind of keeping Catherine safe from the hauntings while still attempting to follow the rules. Meanwhile, everything gets worse in this house in September. And of course, Catherine comes to visit in September. So that is where we join everybody. I love that. I really enjoyed that you kind of get a little bit of background, but we're coming in and it's the perfect version of a thriller where you're just getting like a very short amount of time, but all of this history kind of included. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this is a great formula and I absolutely loved the book. I was both terrified and laughing at the same time, which I think is really hard in a thriller. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So where did you get the inspiration for this book? I'd have to say truly, I, I, I think part of the reason why people say it's funny is because I've found it funny and the yeah. initial inspiration was just, I, I'm, I'm a huge haunted house fan. I've seen probably every bad iteration of a haunted house movie. Mm-hmm. I love the tropes. And so I just had the thought, like, we always kind of join at the beginning and we discover that the house is haunted with the protagonist and that they 
kind of go through the rigmarole and leave. Mm-hmm. So it would be absolutely hilarious if someone just lived in the most haunted house in the world, but was completely fine with it. Yeah. Like it didn't phase them. They way to make it work. And so we're witnessing all these horrors and they're just going about their day. And that to me was endlessly hilarious. So that was like the little kernel for this grew from sprung. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. It's definitely, it's like, you're like, am I supposed to be laughing about this? Or do we feel like we're all with Margaret, like losing it a little bit? Is this like, <laughs> where is she at? I'm I'm worried for her, but at the same time, I'm really enjoying that this is what we get to see. So <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I loved it. So what kind of drew you to this genre in the first place of like thrillers and horror? I love horror. I've, yeah. I've, I've kind of all horror fan but it's only increased exponentially over time it's the one genre of movie that i have absolutely no quality control over mm-hmm. i will watch the worst movie in existence much to my spouse's chagrin <laughs> um <laughs> i i just i just love it i think that there's something there's something very fun about being scared while yeah. still being safe i think it allows for an exploration of so very kind of primal universal fears of mm-hmm. the human experience. I don't know. There's just some, there's something very weirdly honest about it too. Just yeah. if we're looking at our, our core fears that, you know, we can kind of all relate. So I just, I just enjoy it a lot. And it really yeah. opens up for exploration of deeper themes. Yeah, absolutely. And like, it's one of those things that doesn't matter like what is happening. You're thinking in your head what you would do. And it makes mm-hmm. like, just like you said, it makes it very universal. And like, you can always put yourself in a thriller regardless of what's going on mm-hmm. and think about how you would try to be better at it. And I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never thought I was like a thriller person when like, I always read fantasy. And then as I got like into the, you know, bookstagram, book talk, like bookish interwebs and people were like, oh, you should read these. I don't like watching thrillers unless the, all the lights are on. It's the middle of the day. So I was like, I don't think I'm going to really enjoy this. But if I don't get to see like the gore doesn't really bother me. It just terrifies me. But if I don't yeah. have to see it, I realize like I am, in fact, obsessed with thrillers. So mm-hmm. I, I like loved how you put this into perspective of like, well, she's just on the page. She can see them. They're not, you know, as long as she's following the rules, you know, she can kind of brush it off as like, this is how we live our lives. And and I really liked that kind of unique perspective on it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. And yeah, I, I it's hard for me to get scared in horror novels yeah. just kind of across the board. At this point, I'm hard to scare, but movies have the advantage of the visuals right and so for I think for a book to be particularly scary that those I think those visuals have to be there kind of that creeping sense of dread so it's very horror novels they don't have it easy if they're trying to scare you yeah I mean I'm always terrified I'm like I'm never gonna guess the villain and then like I didn't think it and then when it gets there I'm like I am shocked so I'm very easy to surprise and I read thrillers all the time every time I'm like oh my god I, I guess that but still I am very very surprised we got here so <laughs> I, I love that that you kind of yeah. feel that way and I, I was gonna say I loved the way you did you know all of the ghosts and things in here and made everything very very paranormal but also super descriptive and you know kind of brought them to life I feel like in a lot of thrillers usually the paranormal is like explained in some way and maybe it turns out to not necessarily be an actual ghost, or if it is, you know, it doesn't cause quite the same amount of harm as some of these guys do. What made you decide to do that very, very paranormal aspect to it and, and make all these ghosts super real? I'm not even sure that was a conscious decision that I made. I liked the idea of having some of the ghosts as, as just characters that mm-hmm. are that are inter- either interacting with Margaret or Margaret has to figure out how to 
work around them. So this isn't a spoiler because we meet some of them very early on in the yeah. book. But I enjoyed that that contribution of the paranormal into Margaret's life, either in a helpful way or in an incredibly unhelpful way that she has to figure out how to how to work around. But I also liked having very kind of distinct, big, recognizable mm-hmm. things that were yeah. happening that like it's very clear Margaret's having to deal with this. Yeah. The thing I loved about this is I feel like in a lot of horror or thrillers or, you know, any sort of like mystery, you're getting the the item or the the bat the big bad, but then you never actually like really see them and you never see the things. Mm-hmm. And then it's either explained mm-hmm. in a way that it's like, oh, it was just leaky pipes or what have you. So yeah. I really love that you kind of made these characters so big and bold. And then they were like actually interacting and we got to see them and they got a lot of page time. So I was really curious, yeah. like what made you make that decision? So I love it. They're they're fun. It was fun to write the various the the pranksters. Yeah. <laughs> the supernatural elements. Yeah. Yeah, that's really fun. And it, it does, I think it makes solving the mystery a little bit harder too, because you're like, there's so many different elements here that could mm-hmm. be it. And like what is the, you know, what if or or yeah. bad. So yeah, I think you did a great job with that. Your characters go through a lot of really big emotions, a lot of character building, a lot of relationship building, but you really kept this sort of sense of dry humor I want to call it like we talked about what inspired you to kind of do that approach and did you find it difficult to write you know the character development while also keeping in context with you know how you made Margaret at the beginning yeah the the humor is probably all me I enjoy dry humor and dark humor I find things that probably objectively aren't funny very funny so I think that was just me being naturally imbued to the point where I think what I had to do was kind of pull back on some of the humor and some of the more serious places of, okay, I, I want this to hit a little harder. And so I need to get the jokes or the sarcasm out of this place so that it can be a little bit more emotional. Mm-hmm. But then being sure that I didn't hit a point, there, there is a point where things get pretty serious in the book. And so I it don't want it to be like, all right, we hit there and that, and now the humor is gone. Yeah. And and now it's a completely different tone. So finding the balance of places where we can pull the humor back in places where maybe when things calm down, mm-hmm. we could have like a, like a little quip or a little sarcastic thing. So it was definitely a, a challenging balance because it starts out very funny, but then yeah, some things that I recognize we shouldn't joke about. Right. So your background in psychology, like you said, you know, you do that by day and then you are an author by night. Did you feel like that really helped you kind of get into the mindset of these characters and express a lot of the issues that they had and and do it from, you know, more of like a clinical standpoint or, you know, genuine, if you will? I I hope so. (laughs) I think that that might be external, but someone might have to determine whether they they think that I did a good job with that. I like to think I did a good job with that, but I'm the most biased person. Yeah. <laughs> you can ask about that. But I like to think that my work kind of helps me understand how emotions, how to conceptualize emotions mm-hmm. and how they get expressed, not just through a character saying, I feel X, but through what they're experiencing in their body, through their behaviors, through the behaviors they want to do, but are maybe resisting doing and how all of that can communicate how a person is feeling. I'd like to think a little bit of that to the table as well. So we can get like a really good picture of what a character is is experiencing. Yeah. Hopefully I I succeeded. Definitely. I was going to say, you definitely did. And I really (laughs) liked that even though Margaret is like our quote unquote unreliable narrator, you kind of felt the the cracks come through as, you know, Catherine gets 
more involved and, and arrives, you know, at the very beginning of the book. And you can kind of see that. And I think it makes it really interesting because I read that you, you know, have a background in psychology. And I was like, you know, this clearly helped you a lot with keeping her <laughs> as a, as a stable person, quote unquote, um, but just sort of adding in those like, you know, mental <laughs> elements to it where you're like, mm-hmm. she's clearly a little unstable. She has some things <laughs> she needs to work through. And also, you know, not to spoil a ton, but covering up some trauma that both her mm-hmm. and Catherine went through when they were younger and, and how both of them kind of saw that. And I thought that was a really mm-hmm. interesting take on it. So I was wondering if you drew a lot from your experience to create that. Yeah, yeah. And I think with, with Catherine, in terms of her relationship of things that happened in the past, she and Margaret have very different perspectives mm-hmm. on that. And so that I think also drew a lot from, from the work that I do yeah. of how do people react to trauma and how, how does everybody react to it differently? And Catherine reacts in one very specific way and Margaret reacts in a very different way. Yeah. And I wanted to, to make that clear. Yeah, this is not just a horror book. It's also a mother-daughter relationship book. <laughs> yeah, really we're, we're throwing it all in. <laughs> yeah, it's a chance for everyone to relive a little childhood trauma. I love it. <laughs> so I know this is a horror book, but what do you hope that people take away from it? This is it's, it's hard for me to answer this question without getting into the spoiler section, yeah. because I think the thing that I want to take away from it is a little talk about. So I'm going to talk about it in a very vague way, okay. and I apologize, but I'll say like, <laughs> The, the question that I dislike being asked the most about this book is why didn't Margaret just leave? Like, why didn't she just leave the house? Because Margaret not leaving the house is, is linked to how she reacts to other things in her mm-hmm. past as well. And so to me, that question is not asking why didn't Margaret leave the house is why doesn't Margaret respond in the way that I believe she should have responded to some past stuff. And to yeah. me, that is a gross oversimplification and misunderstanding of what it's like to be in some some kind of bad situations that right. Margaret found herself in. The, the reality is much more complicated and the act of leaving is not as simple as we think it is. And in fact, mm-hmm. it can be pretty uh, dangerous. So um, I, yeah. I hope that people leave with an understanding that the question, why didn't Margaret leave the house has a very, very, very complicated answer to it because it's not as simple as just leaving the house. Absolutely. (laughs) So speaking of that, again, try not to get into spoilers, but there are some really not horror related dark themes in this book. Did you draw inspiration from that, from the work that you're doing or what kind of inspired you to write that story? The story, it it didn't come from like my work directly and that like it didn't come from clients or people I've interacted with yeah. it just kind of a, a knowledge of those those things okay so it just kind of evolved into this story because it truly did this came from that kernel of what if someone lived in a very haunted house and was cool with it and then mm-hmm. as the story expanded this kind of grew out of that so I yeah. think it just found its perfect place in the story and it, it the story found a perfect way to be told yeah I and love that some of that is I don't know it goes it goes beyond my describing sometimes. yeah <laughs> there's like that element of every horror protagonist is like a little bit of trauma like I think that's like the perfect mm-hmm. recipe is they're trying to get over something and then by the end they sort of realized that like oh I was holding on to this and now mm-hmm. I need to like learn how to live with it or let it go so yeah I, mm-hmm. I like that I just was a little curious if there was like a specific you know kind of reason you went with that theme I'm I'm intrigued by that theme because I think when you work in mental health, you 
become very starkly aware of some of the misunderstandings mm -hmm. uh, that there are in mental health, broadly speaking. And this is one of the areas that I think that there is a misunderstanding yeah. and it gets under my skin a little bit. So absolutely. I like that. So did you do any special research or kind of digging into haunted houses, Victorian houses? I know you said you've watched a lot of movies and things, but <laughs> was there any special research that you did building up to creating this haunted house? And was there anything really surprising that you found out in your research? Weirdly enough, barely any research in this. This was mostly just out of my brain. Um, nice. I did some just like Google image searches of Victorian houses just so I could understand the layout very well. Somewhere in my phones is a very crudely drawn note in my notes app of like where the rooms are and where the stairs yeah. <laughs> are so that I don't know, I didn't have Margaret walking into any rooms that shouldn't exist. Um, yeah. The only research I did was just in like exorcism rituals, Perfect. <laughs> out, which is something that's a little early on. So that's not really a spoiler, but yeah. just me googling rights of exorcism and learning a little bit more about the rights of exorcism so okay. they've been updated uh somewhat recently oh well uh, i guess when the catholic church did their whole updating of things just yeah. to confuse the catholics who have been saying the same words for their entire life so i don't know exorcism 2.0 might be available for yeah <laughs> that'll <laughs> be in like the, the the special edition will have that in it <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. That's really cool. I was like, I'm, I'm always curious if you, you know, you did a lot of digging into kind of figuring all this out or yeah, if it just came for your brain. And yeah. I think you're, if you're an expert in the genre, like you watch a lot of it, you know what people want to see mm -hmm. and you can, you know, kind of add your own elements in there. So that's awesome. And that, that was one of the fun things about writing this book. Because again, when we're writing for like psychology or scientific writing, there's yeah. an immense amount of research that goes into it. And I genuinely love that this could just come directly out of my brain. Like the yeah. thing about horror writing is that there the supernatural stuff you can just make up because That's there right. are no rules anyway. So yeah. it's just, it is okay because I say it is or because it has some funky meaning, but it doesn't have to make sense because we're already dealing with the paranormal. Right. You don't have to explain anything. I love it. Yeah. My next question for you is what was the hardest type of scene for you to write? So you don't have to get into specifics, but just like mm -hmm. dialogue, action scenes, you know, anything emotional, that kind of stuff. Like what type of scene is the hardest for you to write? Action scenes are always challenging to write, especially if there's anything physical happening mm -hmm. in them. There's just a lot kind of as a writer you have to be thinking about. So you have to be thinking about pacing, like the speed at which the character, at which the reader perceives the action is somewhat mirrored. The, like, it, like if you're taking a long time to describe something, it's going to slow it down in the yeah. reader's mind. And if you want it to feel fast, you have to find a way of communicating a lot of information quickly. But then there's, there's descriptions that the reader needs to know, like body positioning, or right. like if anyone is doing anything, you need to be sure that the reader can see that pretty clearly. So they're not like, wait, what, where, where is she? What happened? So there's just a lot that you have to hold in your head. And there's a lot that you also kind of have to do with language to be sure that the reader's like perceiving things happening at the appropriate intensity or speed. Right. And then obviously if there's a uh, action, there's emotion that's coming in there as well. So being sure that you're taking some time to check in with the character and kind of see what they're feeling and how they're processing things, even if it's just overwhelmed, then that also yeah. needs to be communicated. So there's a, a lot to balance while not taking a lot of time to do it because yeah. you need to be aware of pacing. Okay. 
Very fair. I feel like the action scenes, if I was ever going to write, would be hard because you have to make them short, but also understandable and realistic. And Yes. Yeah. And it's short, but not too short, because if it's too quick of an action thing, then the reader's like, wait, what? Yeah. Like if it's a big, important thing that happens, you actually do need to highlight it in some way by spending a little bit of time on it. Right. You can't too much time. It's yeah. <laughs> very, it's very healthy balance. Balance. Yeah. yeah. I love that. So in contrast to that, what is your favorite type of scene to write? I weirdly like, oh, well, these are hard too. I like <laughs> high conflict scenes. Okay. Like I like anything that involves heightened emotion, high conflict. I love when characters are just yelling at each other, fighting. Sometimes it's a little bit of background into like, all right, what are they saying? What are they feeling? But I love when a character just lets loose and another character just yells at them. But I just love working with that level of emotion. Yeah, very cathartic. I can imagine. (laughs) Just get it all out on the page. I love it. So what has your debut process been like for you? Was it more overwhelming than you thought it was going to be? Or what was kind of the insights on that? debut process in terms of like going through the the publishing thing or getting the book out there yeah, there's a yeah. lot that's been overwhelming so okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like did do you feel like you know it was kind of exactly what you thought it was going to be it did it take a little bit longer than you thought how's like emotionally how are you doing <laughs> what does that yeah, been like? a lot of feelings it's definitely I don't know if it took longer than I thought. I'm surprised by all of the little decisions going in I yeah. think that the thing that in my brain I didn't fully so going into this, like the best case scenario in my brain was that at the end of it, there would be a physical book that came out and maybe one single other person would read it. Yeah. And that was like my definition of like success. That's all <laughs> I want to happen. And so Berkeley has been absolutely incredible in getting this book out there to people mm-hmm. and sending advanced reader copies out and notifying the people who might be interested in it to help get the word out and Like the amount that they have done to get this book out there has been absolutely incredible. And so for me, like defining success is like one other person reads this book. I'm like, oh, oh, I hadn't even imagined. And so like the fact that it's like getting mentioned on some lists or like the fact that people are like giving it positive reviews of like I hadn't my brain hadn't even thought my brain was still working on just the possibility of there might be a book. Yeah. Versus like. There might be a book that many people read. <laughs> I hope. I hope. There's a big book out there and lots of people are going to yeah. love it. No. I think, yeah. yeah. So even things like this, like I never thought, this never entered my imagination that like I would be on podcasts talking about <laughs> this book. Like so that was, it's exciting, but it's like, oh, yeah. I, I maybe should have expanded my understanding a little bit of what. Yeah. <laughs> more, but. That this, so it's all, every part of it is really cool and incredibly exciting and yeah. never in my, never entered my imagination as something that was possible. Yeah. I feel like the industry has changed a lot over the last few years as well. And like, mm-hmm. just with social media and like you said, with podcasting yeah. and, you know, all of those sorts of things, like there's so many different ways to get the word out there and it's really cool. I, I've talked to a lot of Berkeley authors and they've all said that they've had a great time. So it's good to hear that you're having a great time as well. And it's just wild, like the little things that go into putting a book together, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of moving parts. Yes. So many. (laughs) Yeah. And this one is the perfect one for spooky season. So I'm very excited for you and all the people that I've heard who have read it have said nothing but great things. So I'm really excited. (laughs) Okay. So do you have any advice for any aspiring authors? 
oh boy, just write, just write words on the page, write it down. It doesn't matter if it's good. It doesn't matter if you're writing something and you're like, it's very important that no one ever reads this. Mm -hmm. Like the, it's, it's like exercising a muscle. The more you do it, the more you get better at it. And it doesn't matter if you're working on something silly or something that you actually think that you want other people to read with their own eyeballs. The, the more you do it, the more you get better. So just write. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. I love that. <laughs> I think that's step number one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitely. Awesome. So are you going on tour at all? I know you're doing a couple video interviews and the podcast and things, but are you going on a physical mm-hmm. tour for this one? I have two in-person events when the book comes out and otherwise I don't think we're, we're doing physical tours aside from that PR people are like moving towards more virtual events, I believe. So absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So what is next for you? Yeah. Well, there will, there will very hopefully be another, another book. It is in process. So I'm not going to say too much about it, but hopefully you'll see more spooky stuff that kind of incorporates elements of mental health and maybe some dark humor coming out from me in the future. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) It's all, it's all a big mystery right now. (laughs) Well, those are my last questions. Do you have anything else you you. wanted to share? No, but it's been awesome talking to you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and very excited for your book to be out in the world. Me too. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you aren't following us, go ahead and follow us on TikTok and Instagram at the Bookish Panther Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And thank you guys again for all of your support. Have a great day.